the book of John. Turn to the book of John, the last of the Gospels. It's, uh, it's what, what I always call, it's the prophetic gospel because John has a way of saying things and expressing things that the other gospels don't. In fact, all four of them have their own unique way of communicating, and John is no different than that. You can also uh, follow along if you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phones. If you go to that YouVersion Bible app, and on the bottom right, if you click More, uh, go up to Events, you'll see New Life Church. Click there, and you'll get all the message notes uh, for today's service. You can save it, take it home with you. You can even add notes to it, and I want to encourage you to do that. gives you something to study out, and a way that you can uh, kind of remember things that we talk about today. Amen? Amen. Well, this last, uh, this last week, uh, I got a new pair of glasses, and, uh, and, and actually, I, I meant to bring them up with me. I put the old pair of glasses, I, I left them on the chair here, and uh, the reason I brought these with me is because these glasses are five years old. And they are so scratched, it got to the place I couldn't see through them hardly. I was seeing more scratches than I was seeing you know, people and other things. And so a few weeks ago, I, uh, I went to the eye doctor and got a new prescription and ordered my glasses this last week. I picked up a brand new pair of glasses, and I can see. And how many know it's a good thing to see? And, and, and you only know what I'm talking about if you wear glasses or maybe contact lenses. I've never worn contacts, so I don't know how that works. But what a difference when you take and you put on that new pair of glasses. It's like, wow, I can see again. It's like, you know, it's like I got new eyes or something, you know. I could see so much better when I put those on. How many, when you, you know what I'm talking about with that new pair of glasses? You know, the colors seem so vibrant and brighter again and the trees and grass seem greener and and the sky a little bit more bluer right well how many know none of those things changed the grass didn't change trees didn't change sky didn't change it was me that changed it was these glasses that changed right it changed me and it was like, for me, it was like, a wow, it was almost like a, an, it was so unexpected, it was like an aha moment. You ever have an aha moment? Amen. You know what an aha moment is where all of a sudden you're not expecting something and it just, wow, you know, it just changes, you know? And uh, aha moments are unexpected. Say unexpected. You know, there's a lot of unexpected things that come in, in life that we don't want. But then there's also a lot of really good things that come unexpected. And, uh, you know, some of the things that are, are difficult in life, you know, that are unexpected is maybe you're going through a season in your life and maybe you got some problems or decisions to make or, and, and you, just, you just don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden... Everything becomes clear. Did anybody other than me experience that? It's like, it's like I don't know what to do, and, and there's problems weighing on me. You know, maybe you wake up in the morning, and it's like, wow, why didn't I think of that? Or maybe somebody says something, right? And it's like, why didn't I think of that sooner? How many know at that moment the problem didn't change? Circumstance didn't change. What changed was your perspective or mindset the way you saw that problem. The Bible is filled 
with stories like this. It's filled with stories that are like circumstances around the people in the Bible that, that the, the people changed, but the circumstances didn't. The Bible's filled with stories like that. How they see the world, and the Bible calls this change, or what it calls a transformation, it calls it the renewed mind. The renewed mind is all of a sudden, it's an aha moment, it's a, a suddenly, uh, it's, it's, it's your, the lights come on, it's that renewed mind. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. How many know a lot of times when we con we're conformed to the things of this world, it blinds us to the real reality? Are you hearing me? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How do we prove what God wants for us in our lives is our minds need to be renewed. We need to have that suddenly, aha moment, that wow, unexpected moment. You see, the renewed mind, just like with my glasses, the renewed mind doesn't change the circumstances. It changes you, how you see them, how you approach them, what you, what, the way you uh, deal with them, your perspective, okay? So let's look over at John 20. John 20, we're going to start reading in verse 1, but let me give you a little backstory on, the, on this story here this morning. Jesus had unexpectedly, how many know he had followers? A lot of followers at this point, right? He had disciples, and he had other people that would follow him from place to place. And Jesus had unexpectedly been arrested, beaten, crucified, and had died. Jesus, at this point in the story, was dead. He was dead. His body was buried in a tomb, and, this, and they had taken this large stone, and they had rolled it over the tomb to seal the tomb, to seal the entrance. And all of his disciples and followers were in disbelief and shock. They had so much hope. They had so much that they were hoping for with this Jesus. He was the Messiah, and now he was dead. All of this was completely and totally unexpected. That's the title of my message today. It's the unexpected Jesus. The unexpected Jesus. So let's read, starting verse 1, John 20. So down the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. That other disciple was John. And so he loved uh, Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, again speaking of John, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, look, looking in, saw the linen cloths, or the grave cloths, lying there, yet he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb 
and saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that was the head cloth that had been around his head not lying with the linen clothes but folded together in a place by itself then the other disciple who who came to the tomb first went in also and saw and believed for as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary, Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Verse 14. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabbi, which is to say teacher. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the story that we read this morning, this account. And God, we pray, Lord, this morning as we hear your word, that the word will open up all of our hearts to hear your Holy Spirit, to hear this word by your Holy Spirit, and that it will change us, Lord, all today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, everything about this day that we we read about here, everything about this day was unexpected. Everything was unexpected. The stone had been rolled away from the grave. The grave was open. Jesus' body was missing. It was gone. The grave clothes were empty. It was like, it was like he disappeared within the clothes and they were just laying there. It was like his body melted away and the grave clothes were there. But... The headcloth, the handkerchief, was folded up and set apart, set apart from the other things. There were two angels that appeared to Mary and asked, why are you weeping? Now, all of us, we've all been to cemeteries and graveyards, and we've all been to funerals, and when you're in a grave or at a grave, aren't you expected to be weeping? People weep. They, they cry, they mourn. Yet this angels unexpectedly asked, why are you weeping? It was unexpected at that moment. Everything about this day was unexpected because everything about Jesus is unexpected. This Messiah, Savior, had come into the world, an infant, a baby, a child. Just a week earlier from this story, this victory, this supposed victorious king had ridden into the city on a donkey. 
Then he surrendered himself to be beaten and crucified. He died. He died. And now his body was buried in a tomb. And his body was missing from the tomb. Everything about this, this whole story, everything about this was completely unexpected. There are some things in this story that I just want to, in the next few moments, just bring to your attention the way that they relate to us today. I believe the way they affected Mary on that day. Three unexpected things about Jesus. First, the unexpected Jesus is with you. This unexpected Jesus right now, no matter where you go, what you do, who you are, what you've been through, what you experience, this unexpected Jesus is with you in your darkest hour, in your darkest moment. Verse 1 says, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. She was in this dark season. She was in this place where everything was confusing. And, and you know, Mary... Mary was a prostitute. She was a prostitute before Jesus. She was tormented, the Bible says, by seven demons. And Jesus, he completely set her free. He set her free from the life of prostitution. He set her free from these demons. All of her disciples and followers that were there. All of them loved Jesus. All of them followed Jesus. But none worshipped Jesus like Mary. Mary, probably more than all the other disciples, worshipped him so extravagantly. And I believe that's because of all Jesus had done for her. The way that he had changed in her whole life she loved Jesus. She loved him so much. And that's why I believe she stayed at the tomb that day. The other disciples ran back to their homes. I don't know what they were planning to do. They ran, but Jesus' body wasn't there. But Mary stayed because she loved him so much. She comes to the tomb early in the morning, probably because she was hurting so bad. Probably, you know, you, you have a loss, you lose somebody. It hurts. It's hard to express how it hurts, but it hurts. And Mary so loved her Lord. She so loved Jesus, and she was hurting. She was confused. She was distraught. She was kind of lost and grieving and probably a little bit angry. Why did this happen? Not knowing where to turn or what to do. Have you ever been there? Maybe you're going through a season, you know, where you don't know what's happening. And it's like, why is this happening? Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're confused. You're going through this, this season and this place, and it, 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 it comes to a place of, like, darkness. And this was Mary's darkest hour. Yet Jesus was unexpectedly with her. No matter what you go through in life, I want you to understand He's there, maybe unexpectedly. Maybe you stop and say, I know you're here someplace, but unexpectedly, he's there. We all go through those times in our lives, times of confusion and loss and grief and, 
and all of those things. And this story, what this story shows us here is that no matter what we go through, Jesus is unexpectedly there. Psalms 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Anybody ever felt like you walked through that? Okay, I think all of us have been through those seasons. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you, Lord, are with me. You're with me. Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Never. It's a promise of God's word. God, he'll never leave you. No matter how what you think you have done or how bad you, you, you have messed up your life, we all have done that, right? He says, I'll never leave you. Psalms 139.8, powerful scripture says, if I go up to heaven, you were there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. What that says is, it doesn't matter where you go, I'm going to stay with you. That's what Jesus' message, that unexpected message of Jesus is, I'm going there with you. I'm going to be with you. No matter what we go through in life, no matter how dark, whether we caused it or not, and that's such a big deal. Because so many people think, well, I, I made this mess. My, I made my bed. I've got to lie in it, right? And people will tell people that. You know, they'll, well, you caused this problem. It's almost like God won't care because you caused it. So you just go lie in your bed. You made it, right? That's not Jesus. Whether we cause the problem or not, this unexpected Jesus is with us, will never leave us, will stay with us through all of it. That's the Jesus that we know. That's the Jesus we love. The second thing I want you to see in this story this morning is this unexpected Jesus is waiting for you. When you most need him, he's waiting for you. Verse 13, the angel says, says to Mary, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know it was Jesus. In the midst of this whole story, all of her grief and pain and her confusion, all this stuff, in the midst of Jesus was right there waiting for her. She didn't even know it. She turned around and was speaking with him and she didn't know it was Jesus, but Jesus was waiting there. It never left her. He was waiting for her. As we go through life, we, we all sometimes, we go through things and we have to process them. We, get, we go through times of confusion and darkness. And m many of us will say, I just got to get away and think this through or pray this through. I just got to process this. And, and, and that's just the human mind. We just need to process things. We might even have to come to the end, if you will, the end of our pain and grieving. We might have to come kind of to the end of ourselves, right? Anybody ever have to come to the end of yourself? Didn't like what you saw when you got there, right? But we have to come to the end of this. But I want you to know that Jesus is right there waiting for you. 
You're working and working through the process. You're walking through the issues. You're struggling through the, the, the decisions of life, the darkness or whatever in life. You're, you're, you're working through all that. And whether you know it or not, Jesus is unexpectedly right there waiting for you. He's not in a hurry to run off. He's not going to be pushy to push you. He's waiting. Jesus was waiting. Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. You know, Jesus spent 33 years living in this world. 33 years building relationships with people. 33 and a half years he spent doing that. It only took him three days to defeat death, sin, and sickness. What he did on the cross and what he did through, his, through the grave and through his resurrection were all, the whole purpose of it was to have a relationship with you. The whole purpose of what Jesus did on the cross and in the grave and the victory when he rose from the dead, all of it was so that we could know him and he could know us. And he's waiting right now. He's waiting for every one of us to respond every day to his call. He's waiting. This unexpected Jesus is waiting for you. He's always there. Can you hear me, folks? He's always there. He's always Waiting. Jesus says, whom are you seeking? Whom are you seeking? Whom are you seeking at this place of death, this grave? Whom are you seeking today? That's, that in the midst of your grief and in the midst, whom are you seeking? Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that if you seek me, you will find me. It's a promise. Remember Mary? The Bible says that verse says she turned. She didn't recognize him yet, but she turned. Jesus says, whom are you seeking? She remembered. I'm seeking my Lord. I'm seeking my Savior. This unexpected Jesus was waiting. And the third thing that we see is this unexpected Jesus will open your eyes. He'll open your eyes to see life clearly. You see, Mary's confused. She's grieving and distraught, so much so she doesn't realize that Jesus is there waiting outside the tomb, not for somebody else, but for her. He's waiting there for her. Jesus unexpectedly Respond. She turns. He asks her, Who or whom are you seeking? I think at that moment, the moment she remembers, I'm seeking my Lord. And then Jesus says, Mary. Mary. And her eyes were opened. Suddenly, unexpectedly, she turned to him and says, Rabbi, our teacher. You see, the hardships of life, the hardships we go through, the disappointments of life, they often blind us from 
seeing clearly, from seeing life clearly, seeing issues clearly, seeing things uh, clearly, like the scratches on these glasses. These were old and they were preventing me from seeing clearly. Our minds become clouded by the pressures and the problems of life and the decisions. Maybe the mistakes we've made, they just, they overwhelm us at times and they, and they cloud our minds and the darkness of our circumstances prevent us from seeing clearly. But I want you to know today, one encounter with Jesus, just one encounter with Jesus will open your eyes. Just the sound of his voice, when you realize who are you seeking, the sound of his voice will free and renew your mind. Your eyes open, your mind renewed, and then the power of his presence changes everything. The power of the presence of Jesus. You see, this is the, this is the reality of the resurrection. This is the reality. This is the, the power of the renewed mind. It's, it's not that the world changes. See, most of us, we pray and we seek God and, and we, we want God to change this and change that. And what we fail to realize is at times is in the process of seeking him, pressing in, going after him, we're the ones that's changed. He changes us. He changes the way we see. He changes the way we think. He changes our perspective. It's not the world or the circumstances that are changed. The power of the resurrection is that you are changed in the way you see them, the way you approach them, the way you live in the middle of them. Are you hearing me, church? That's the power of the resurrection. We see life differently and it makes all the difference in the world there's a story in the Bible of a blind man who was blind from birth and he's in the midst of all this you can call it this political clamor of them blaming this and them you know talking bad about this and all this drama taking place and this blind man says I really don't know about all of that I really don't know even what happened. But what I do, one thing I do know is I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, and now I see. You see, that's the power of the resurrection. That's the power of this renewed mind. That's the power of understanding that Jesus is there. He'll never leave you. That right now, this morning, right now in your life, he's waiting for you. He's waiting. That's the power of the resurrection. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? See, I, I don't know what it is that you're going through in your life. I know what I'm going through. And I know I go through difficult times just like you. I go through struggles and times of even darkness and just like you. 
We all go through times where we don't know what to do. We don't know which way to turn. But what I know and what I have to be reminded of is Jesus is right there with me. When I mess up, make huge mistakes, mess up my life, like, oh, no, what have I done? And, you know, the, the enemy wants you to think, I, uh, I, I, Jesus will never love me again. No, he's right there with you. He's waiting for you once again to turn back to him. The Bible says he, he stands at the door knocking. Knocking on the door of your heart right now. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe it's that you find yourself this morning far from God or maybe that you've just realized that maybe I've been drifting a little bit from God or, or maybe you're going through some really difficult problems and you just need to be reminded that he's with you. It may be all of those things, but I will promise you he's with you. I will promise you he's knocking on the door of your heart right now and he's waiting for you simply to open. Open your heart to him. You can just right now just stop him. If you relate to that, you know, it, like I said, maybe you're far away from God. You just realize it and you want to come back or maybe you've drifted away. Or maybe it's that the circumstances that life has you in today, right now, are so dark that you've forgotten he's with you in the middle of it. And you can invite him into the middle of it. So right now, just stop and say, Lord Jesus, I know you're with me. I know you're knocking on the door of my heart this morning. Lord, I invite you in. I invite you into my heart. Come and change me. Open my eyes. Change my heart. Renew my mind. Change me today. Give me the life you intended. Just pray that. Just pray that. You're going through a rough time in your life. You don't know which way to turn. Lord Jesus, just pray this. Lord, I invite you into the middle of this decision. I invite you into the middle of my darkness because I can't find my way out. I know you're waiting for me to ask you to open the door of that to come in. He's right there. Just pray that. Pray, Lord, come into the middle of this with me. Open my eyes that I can see the way out. Change me. Change me today forever so I never go back again. Change me. And just like with Mary, he'll come in He'll set you free. He'll open your eyes. He'll renew your mind. He's with you. He's with you. He's waiting. He wants, he wants to, to be with you. It says he'll open, he'll come in when you open the door and he'll eat with you like a friend. He doesn't come in to. He doesn't come in to judge you. 
He comes in to forgive you and free you and set you free. I invite you today with your eyes closed, your heads bowed at this moment of reflection and, and contemplation. I, I just invite you to invite him in. Make a decision today. He's waiting for you. Invite him in. Father, I thank you, Lord, today. I thank you for your presence here. Lord, I thank you that you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. I thank you, Lord, that you change the way we see things. You change the way we perceive things. You change us. And Lord, we ask you, change us today. Change every one of us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do in each one of our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to ask you all to stand to your feet. I want to pray a scripture of blessing over you today as I want to pray a scripture of blessing. Just lift your hands. I want to pray Psalm, uh, sorry, Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. It says, this is the prayer of blessing that God has put on my heart. Just lift your hands and receive this prayer. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord, this is the blessing, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you, church. All day, your family, your home, the Lord will be seen upon you. Let's take the next moment. Let's worship and seal what the Lord is doing in our lives today.